This episode of Behind the Bots is brought to you by Fingertech Robotics, North America's top manufacturer of combat robotics parts. If you're interested in building your first combat robot, check out Fingertech's Viper Kit, which includes everything you need to build a fully functional, competitive ant weight. Fingertech also carries a complete line of wheels, hubs, motors, and other components if you want to build a bot from the ground up. Check them out online at www.fingertechrobotics.com. From the Norwalk Havoc Studios in Norwalk, Connecticut, this is Behind the Bots, the podcast that brings you the stories of the builders behind the bots. I'm Chris. I'm Luke. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kyle. And today on the podcast, our interview with Yahoo! Captain Chad New. We'll wrap up the show with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. You're going to want to stick around for this one. It's weird. Um, if you like our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Player FM, and Podbean. You can follow us on Facebook at Behind the Bots and tell a friend. We really appreciate your support. Time for this week's Combat Robotics News. I have six news items for you today. First up, catch live robot combat this week in Southern California and Utah. In Southern California, Triton Captain Brad Hanstead is again spearheading one of the most unique combat robotics experiences of the year, fighting post-apocalyptic 50-pounders in a Mad Max-inspired outdoor arena at Wasteland Weekend, a Mad Max-themed party in the desert. Look for details about Wasteland Weekend and the Utah Combat Robotics Beetle event in Salt Lake City at robotcombatevents.com. On over to eBay, where hijinks Captain Jen Herkenroder has listed a very cool item up for auction, the team's Gigaweapon Shaft Center. This massive six-pound block of machined aluminum sits at the center of their blade and saw action in their fights against Claw Viper, Chomp, and Bloodsport. The auction is going on now and is scheduled to end Saturday. Look for the link on the team's Facebook page. Speaking of the internet, Norwalk Havoc has been having a banner week on TikTok with several viral videos. I cannot believe it. I'm going to throw it over to our resident TikTok expert, Lindsay. She's been following this. Um, Lindsay, what is going on with Norwalk's TikTok? Uh, The kids at TikTok are finally catching on to how incredible Norwalk Havoc is. Um, Yeah, I mean, they posted some videos from the last event in November. The first one that they posted uh, was Milk Tank, Milk Milk Tank at versus um, Bugsby with the uh, Milk Tank, you know, painted bun um, where, you know, Bugsby had the glitter and Milk Tank at had the freaking amazing fireworks. Um, And that one has uh, almost 650,000 views. So that I think is a uh, Norwalk's first kind of viral video there. And it like actually uh, people have like remixed the audio for like their own videos. So that's how you really know when uh, a video is taking off. <laughs> um, and then the one that's going viral right now as we speak is a very well-deserved one for Lars Elliott of the bot jet lag who came in second um, in the beetle weight division in September 
Um, and uh, it's of his interview where he is clearly flummoxed about how well um, his bot did uh, uh, throughout the event. And right now it's getting like 2000 views every 30 seconds. Every time I refresh it, it increases um, by like two or 3000, which is insane. It's currently over 660,000. So, whoa, we're blowing up the TikToks. Um, I have watched Lars's interview now like five, like five or six times in a row on TikTok. It is hilarious. Um, I, I like, obviously like you guys, I caught it live and just laughed and laughed and laughed um, because it's so genuine and so funny. It's like the best interview absolutely of the night. And um I can absolutely see like how it's um, how like the audio could be applied to many different videos where you're just like, I don't know why I continue winning. Why is this happening? It's the, it's like the best and the worst thing simultaneously, you know, because um, I think I don't know, it captures captures a whole mood. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was talking to Lars's mom, Buffy, and she's like, she's just the best. I love her so much. And I'm so happy that um you know, Lars and, and his family are like getting the spotlight because I feel like they really am. I mean, we might have we might have talked about this on the episode last week, but I feel like they just embody so much of what is right and what is important about this sport. Um, and so, man, couldn't happen to better people. Very excited. Go watch uh, them on TikTok and uh, follow the NHRL uh, account at Norwalk Havoc. It's a fresh week, and we got a fresh round of teams confirming that they've been accepted to Season 7 of BattleBots. Among international teams, we got word that the UK-based fan favorite Monsoon is in, as is cross-country fan favorite Vita. A couple countries over, the team behind Ominous published photos of their bot being packed into a shipping crate, presumably destined for Las Vegas. Among the rookies that are in, we got our first look at a brand new robot called Terror Tops a dinosaur-inspired vertical spinner that appears to be fixed on the robot with an independently operated lifter. Also in is Double Tap, an ambitious angled horizontal spinner made by the Silicon Valley robotics startup Ostrich Air. Did you get a chance to see these, <laughs> these renderings of these rookies? I know that we've already seen Ominous. Of course, we've seen Beta. We love Monsoon. Um, these these two new these two new rookies, Terratops and uh, Double Tap. Do we have any any thoughts on them? All right, I'll say this. I like Double Tap. I think it's an interesting design. I have questions about how effective it's going to be just because of the type of weapon that it is and the fact that there's still a shelf. Um, but I think it's interesting. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I'll say about that. I don't want to say anything about the other bot because if you can't say nice things, Luke... <laughs> Listen, I will take 10 terror tops any day over one double tap. All right. Like Kyle, <laughs> have you ever seen an angled horizontal spinner do well in combat robotics? No, but I've seen many of them be highly entertaining. Okay. Yeah. Right. When they're like, when they're exploding or when like Luke Falkingham has his gliding around the box. I love, Luke you know, Falkingham. before he, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and his bot is an angled horizontal spinner that is a delight to watch. Is it going to win tournaments? No. Is it always an amazing time to watch in the in an arena? Yes. Yeah. So I I love that, and I want to see that at the heavyweight class, of course. Um. So that's why I support Double Tap. The other one just is uh, 
I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, it's like a bulldozer. Uh huh. With a with a spinner under the under the the dozer part. Yeah. Or the bull part. Right. And it makes no sense to me. Um, I, when I was reading their Instagram like uh caption, they were saying we're going to lift our opponents with the lifter, and then they're going to slide off the back of the lifter and land inside of our weapon. That does not sound accurate based on the geometry of those two objects that they're describing. I don't know. It was a it was a cat. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe the weapon is larger. I don't know. I don't know. Kyle, who are these people? Who are I don't know. People? They I don't know. We don't know any much about them. I think they're first people, but I will say they um there are videos of this bot working now with a, a safety disc. And it does not look as though the only thing they've really lifted so far on video anyway is a cinder block. So uh, there's not a lot to judge there, but it does not look like this particular lifter is going to be lifting too many things onto that spinner. Just saying. Kyle, uh, you know what? Yes, Lindsay, go ahead, please. All right. You know what happened the last time, Luke? You <laughs> underestimated a cutting edge new design a la Switchback? I remember this. Okay, wait. I, I Listen, this is what happened. I became really good friends with Greg Needell, and so it was a net positive. Okay? All right? Like, there needs to be somebody who is the voice of reason about these rookies, okay? Like, <laughs> that was based on lies. <laughs> All right, listen, listen. Look, as soon as Greg Needell prints me like an edible sticker, like a food grade edible sticker, I'll, I'll, I'll eat a whole bowl of them, okay? All right, and that's a yeah, but right. but it, since that didn't happen, you made another strategy, which was befriend Greg Needell so he wouldn't make you eat a sticker like you promised. Listen, I love Greg Needell. I'm looking forward to hanging out with him <laughs> in Vegas, okay? And we, we will eat stickers together at the bar. It's going to be great. Um, okay. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's like if I was to be like, okay, I bet you uh, that next season uh, such and such bot is going to win or else I'll tattoo the name of the bot on my forehead with invisible ink. Okay, right. Yeah, that's similar. It's a cop out. Look, all right, listen, listen, we're, we're not talking about bets here, okay? All right, but however, this, here, here's the thing, okay? Last year, maybe two years ago, I think I would have said something generous, like, oh, there's many paths to combat robotics, and maybe if you just want to sit in your garage and think of something and you can just make it, like, go ahead and <laughs> Um, I don't believe that anymore because, like, we have Norwalk Havoc <laughs> and it's so accessible. Like, freaking fly to Connecticut and fight your concept at least once. I mean, like, yeah. you, you deserve it. You, like, don't spend $50,000 as your proof of concept and get destroyed by Ribot in your, like, round one fight. You know what I mean? Like, that sounds terrible. Like, Listen, don't it, and not even, just Norwalk, not even just Norwalk Havoc, like... If you get on CombatRobotEvents.com, you'll see that there are fights in Saskatchewan. Right. Yeah. Literally Saskatchewan. Yeah. Nobody like, lives out there. Go find a competition. Yeah. It's just Curtis <laughs> and a bunch of roads. That's it out there. Okay. <laughs> All roads lead to that, that, that uh, you know, the kilobots, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I've become, like, much less accepting of just inexperienced rookies who just, like, who don't test concepts at all and they like just think of something and you're just like this is so clearly you can just see from the cad this is such a bad idea why are you wasting money like this is horrible <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know how do we know i i feel like you're being a little harsh Lou. Right. <laughs> Lindsay, Lindsay, i'm gonna i'm gonna say it right now 
Wait, which which one? Do, do we want to say Terra Tops or, or Double Tap? All right. If either of them win one match, I will get their, their name tattooed with invisible ink on my forehead, okay? I, I think that the first matchup is going to be the two of them together, thus one is going to win, <laughs> and you're going to have to get an invisible ink tattoo on your forehead. Besides, Luke, your promises mean nothing. We know that now. All right, listen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to eat microplastics. That is like, uh, come on. Like, you guys don't want to see me. You don't want to see me make, eat microplastic, Lindsay, do you? No, we want to see you eat macroplastic. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're the, the worst friends, all right? Like, I've said many times, I will literally eat a, a handful of just food grade edible stickers. That's all I want, okay? Somebody print me an edible sticker. Ah, yes. I'll eat a handful of a product that doesn't exist. Oh, I want to eat food. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, this this is yeah. Okay. I I'm I'm gonna wish them the best of luck. I think they're gonna do great. Okay. No notes. Fantastic designs. Okay. I think that all rookies deserve a shot. BattleBots is doing nothing wrong. Like, of course, accept them, please. Like, let's have many more garage builds that are ambitious and push the envelope. You know, like, let's do it. That's great. That's fine. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Everything's cool. How many of us thought that Glitch would be, like, uh, mostly undefeated in a regular battle, or undefeated in a regular BattleBot season and mostly undefeated through a tournament? I mean, uh, go back and check the tape. I mean, I'd love to hear what we thought about Glitch at the start of the season. But, I mean, yeah. clearly, it looked like a conventional BattleBot, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It looked like a, a proven design. Luke yeah. bet me that if Glitch won a single match that he'd wear Char- Charles Guan cat ears for an entire year. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Luke meets his baby and his baby just thinks that Charles Guan cat ears are a part of who Luke is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Has to go through a period of adjustment when Luke can finally take those suckers off. Yeah. Luke is just yeah. losing bets and he'll have to keep it on his whole life. Yeah. That's fine. No, I it's it's great. I I love these two robots. I um I take back everything I said. Just really the best best of luck to to both of the teams, of course. Um, okay, all right, good. Um, in in Saturn <laughs> news, yeah, we we also got word this week that Valkyrie captain Leanne Cushing will very likely sit out this season, saying that she felt burned out after season six. She revealed this in a new in depth interview on Outside the Box. Taking over will be former Sawblaze team member Lucy Doom, who's recently made a name for herself at Norwalk Havoc with her championship-winning 12-pounder Hot Leaf Juice. Hot Leaf Juice currently holds an incredible 21-5 career record at Norwalk Havoc, where it won the 2021 Grand Championship in its weight class, taking home a golden brett and $12,000 cash. Check out the full interview on YouTube, and while you're there, give Outside the Box a like, comment, and a subscribe. And finally, in cookie news, the team behind the big dill this week teased their participation in the upcoming season of BattleBox with a cryptic social media post promising to, quote, bake something new for the show. The image appeared to show a bright green Oreo cookie with the words big dill stamped on the top. I very, very sincerely hope that the cookie is not pickle flavored. And that is it for this week's news. After the break, our interview with Pupa Master Chad New. This week on the podcast, we have a very special first-time guest, Yahoo Captain Chad New. 
Chad is one of those people who has a lot of hyphens and slashes in their list of interests. By day, he runs Nature Box Pet Emporium at the biggest pet store in Colorado. And surrounding region. Outside of the pet store, he's a dad very cute children. He grows championship-sized pumpkins and also is a father to killer robots. He got into combat robotics more than 20 years ago, and this season will again appear on the pit crew for Team Copperhead. Shameless self-plug. <laughs> Earlier this month, he took home a golden dumpster from Norwalk Havoc for winning the 30-pound division with his punishing drum spinner, Yahoo! We're catching up with Chad in the final days before teams have their ship their bots out to BattleBots. So welcome to the show, Chad. Well, hello, everyone in the universe of the web of the podcast, or if you're listening to this on cassette tape. Hello. Ooh, cassette. Don't forget to rewind before you share your cassette with the next person. <laughs> yes. Hello, everyone. Chad, it was a it was a blast hanging out with you at Norwalk uh, earlier this month. Congratulations to both you and Yahoo for just an absolute uh, dominant performance, a dominant day. Uh, it was it was so funny because like I would pop up to the pits on you know my breaks from from the desk and uh, you would pretty much just be sitting there with uh, with Yahoo because it was unscathed for almost the entirety of the day. Yeah, that was a it, it was a really good event. I, I had a blast. It was a, it was a real pleasure and a privilege to meet you know all of the crew uh, on this here podcast. It was good to meet you. Just so everybody knows, they are not disappointing in person. Uh, they are just as uh, just as humorous and, and quick witted in person as on uh, online. It's not editing magic. Um, oh, go on. <laughs> But, uh, oh, and also, so that everybody knows, yes, Seth Rogen is my brother. Well, he's my half-brother, so this is not the Seth Rogen doing the recording. It's just his half-brother. Um, but, yes, yeah, so, you know, it was a great event, and, and Yahoo did really well. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, all, it's not just me. It's Pete uh, Covert who, who helps Yahoo run, and it's our preparation and just – years and years of doing it that they kind of make these events knock on wood, you know, sometimes a little easier than others, but um, that's not to say that the competition wasn't fierce. Uh, Brandon had uh, some really tough robots and he did do some damage. It wasn't just a uh, sticker smearing, but you know, as a whole, it, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. It was, uh, it was quite relaxing. It was nice. I always can tell, um, either when a, a competitor is coming from great distances or they are just very comfortable uh, being in the pits and being prepared to fight because you had what looked like, I don't know, like you ever see like a, like a, a movie with like an old timey doctor who kind of shows up to someone's house and all he has is like a little tiny case with like maybe a stethoscope. That was you in the pits. Uh, you showed up, you have just like kind of the minimal viable uh, uh, set of accessories and you're just like, you're ready to go. You have a bot that's just ready to just, you hit the on switch and you get out there and you do your thing. And uh, just the, it's stark contrast when I bring my entire shop with me in a series of like Home Depot bins <laughs> uh, and just watching you just confidently sit there across your arms and take a look around some of the other tables. Uh, it's really impressive. 
Oh man, yeah. Like I said, it definitely is not always that way, but it sure is nice when it is. It's uh, so you know, I fly Southwest. I have 100 pounds worth of luggage I can bring across two suitcases, and 30 of those pounds are, are Yahoo. So uh, we have a backup Yahoo that's almost ready to rock and roll. So that's 60. So I mean, I just use what I need, um, you know, we know the high wear parts and what typically takes damage. And, you know, through the versions of Yahoo, we we're kind of getting down to where we know what's going to break. We'll bring more of what's going to break and, and pass that. We don't need a lot of fluff. It's a, it's a well-oiled machine. Knock on wood. Very similar to Copperhead, uh, or so I am, am told. Yeah, cop, Copperhead is the same way, you know, through the different, uh, you know, I'll hold up air quote versions of, of Copperhead. Um, it, Copperhead is just a tank, and that's that's what Yahoo strives to be. Um, Copperhead for, for season seven is going to be, you know, just as nasty, if not nastier than, uh, than ever before. But for all intents and purposes, Copperhead is, you know, the same robot that it has always been. All right, Chad, uh, we have we have a bunch of listener questions, so we're going to jump right in and I'm going to kick things off uh, from Sawblaze Captain Jameson Go, who has a question I'm sure people ask you all the time. What's new, Chad? Well, definitely uh, not me. Um, I'm pretty old, despite my last name being new. You know, I'm knocking on the door of 40. I'm a little bit chubby, balding. (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, you know, it just uh, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, my wife. Some of us are literally carved from marble, Chad. Well, that's very nice of you to say about me, uh, Chris. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. All right. Let's dive into another series of very detailed questions from BattleBots superfan Alexander Archer. His first question is, is Copperhead returning for BattleBots World Championship 7? If so, what upgrades have you guys made to the bot? So two-part question. Uh, the first one is we hope so. You know, the, the reason that we weren't in champions last year is that we did too good. You know, uh, it's common knowledge now that they, they film those sequentially. So if you're really good and you're in like, you know, the Sweet 16 of the, the main air quotes tournament, you're not able to enter the champions tournament tournaments so you know on the one hand we hope so but on the other hand we hope not uh you know if we're if we're not in the main tournament then we'll definitely rock and roll in the uh, champions tournament um and then what was the second part i forgot so BattleBots World Champ- Championship 7 is actually what they're calling the next season of, of BattleBots because I think they're trying to uh, to shy away from uh, just calling it the 2022 season. So now they're calling it, this is BattleBots World Championship 7. Um, and oh, then I guess so there's Championship 7 and then Champions. It's and very confusing. I think I maybe think the it. two of them fight to the death, uh, just the teams, not the bots. <laughs> And then the winner of that gets the giant washer. I, I like it. I think I think uh, I think we stand a good chance there. I agree. Um, Alex goes on to ask, "Who will captain Copperhead for the upcoming season?" Oh man! So all of the captains thus far, we've had Zach, who's uh, Zach is you know he's he's like the evil quiet genius. He's the main designer. He's he you know he invented Copperhead, and then of course we had Robert. 
the YouTube sensation, Robert Cowan, in fact, uh, and his uh, and his wife. They were phenomenal last year. This year, I'm really, I'm really, really excited to have uh, Luke Quintal on board. Luke has been a part of Luke, or a, a part of Copperhead from the beginning. Some of you may know him as a crazy hair guy, uh, but Luke is going to be our kind of oh, footloose and fancy free captain this year, and uh, he'll bring a lot of uh, pizzazz and and um, you know, kind of uh, wackiness to the team. I hope, uh, in addition to a whole lot of badassness. Any other interesting people joining the team, Chad? Chad New? Oh man, there, there's these. Uh, oh, what's the? What's the? He he has a robot called Dark Slide. <laughs> and this other this other girl who with a really with a really fun laugh. Uh, Lanny Lant Lantit. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Yes, yes, it's you two. You guys are joining Team Copperhead this year. What? What? Get out of here. I know, I know. The rumors have not been exaggerated, and they are true. We have Chris and Lindsay joining Team Copperhead for Season 7, and it's going to be phenomenal, fantastic, and a whole lot of fun. Have you thought about what roles we'll have on the team, Chad? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, there's a lot of sweeping, um, a lot of uh, you know heavy lifting. I think you guys will do wonderful at that. That that seems to be uh, right up your alley. Just- I can like, grab waters for people. You we know? we carry this entire podcast, so we're <laughs> we're no we're no strangers to heavy lifting. On the serious note, though, uh, you know, you guys, uh, obviously, you know, but nobody else really knows. Uh, you guys have been doing um, all of the graphics work. You are basically the the Team Copperhead, uh, you know, logo graphics artists behind it. Um, we posted on our Facebook page yesterday uh, the new uh, main logo, the new snake for this year. That was your guys' brainchild. It looks phenomenal, and I really think it uh, – it's a reflection of the robot this year. And uh, as for as like legitimate robot work, since Copperhead is basically a tank made out of uh, steel, uh, you know, sometimes it gets scuffed. So I think uh, you and all of us are going to be intimately familiar with the angle grinder before the, uh, the event is done. Lindsay's been doing a lot of practice grinding uh, at the club uh, to get ready for, for Vegas. And so I think we're going to be ready to go. I that, think I misunderstood the assignment. That'll happen. Yeah, I mean, you can try, but uh, you might want to put on some leather pants. Jeez. Duly noted. All right. So with this new uh, Motley crew of uh, incredibly talented uh, builders, uh, what upgrades have you made uh, f- to the bot for this upcoming season? Oh, man. And I, I would also be remiss if I didn't mention everybody else. We got Pete, we have Alex, we have Jonathan. Uh, viewers may know him from uh, from Bobby and Billy. Um, Heck yeah. Uh, Micah. Micah has not been to a Norwalk yet, but Micah has the nastiest 30-pound spinner that there is, and it's called Beam. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Alex has uh, some smaller robots. I'm not familiar with him. And then Pete Covert. Uh you know, co co driver, captain, whatever you want to call it, of Yahoo, and he's been around since uh, robots were invented. So that rounds out the team. 
But as far as upgrades for Copperhead, um, you guys are very familiar with the uh, V8 engine that we've put underneath the hood, as well as dual flux capacitors that uh, should add a new really um, interesting element to Copperhead this year. It'll be uh, it'll be really cool. Do you think it's going to be like challenging to get lightning to strike at the exact moment that you that you hit your opponent uh, from two separate clock towers? Well, I mean that's an interesting question, but the the fact of the reality is is that Copperhead's drum spins so fast that it creates a temporal disturbance that which we have already traveled into time. We know the exact moment that lightning will strike. So really, just like uh, Doc Brown and uh, McFly, it's not going to be difficult for Team Copperhead. We're basically magicians, and we can do anything. Um, so, you know, it, it won't be a problem. Doc! Doc! <laughs> Are you happy with the changes the producers have made to the rules, the judging criteria, and the tournament structure for this season after all the controversy surrounding Discovery Season 6? Uh, give me some specifics on that one, Chris. Like, I know, I know some changes, but are you kind of trying to get at something specific? What do you think, Lindsay? I, I don't, I mean, Alex is asking this question and I don't think he knows the specifics yet. So I, I know that like, uh, there, there are new unstick rules in particular, uh, that seem to kind of be like a shot across the bow of, of bots that maybe more heavily rely on forks. Uh, the unstick rule is now only for bots that are entwined and no longer would you receive an unstick for actually like uh, getting caught under the side rails of the actual arena or the, uh, you know, the shelf. Um, that's, that's a big one. Uh, and then uh, they've also revisited the rules around um, uh, what is considered a, a, a bot that is, uh, is, is, Immobile. Immobile. And it's it's more to kind of like, uh, you know, convince the other team to never stop your attack until the other bot is kaput. Okay, got it. All right, I can answer that now. <clears throat> um, so, you know, the, the, the rule changes this year, I, I think, are, you know, with the best intentions in mind. Uh, you know, the three that really kind of off the top of my head, we'll start with like unsticks. I think... Uh, no unsticks, you know, that's good for some robots and bad for other robots. You know, we at Team Copperhead, knock on wood, really don't have a problem with like getting stuck under the wall or, or the screws. You know, we only have a problem when we get flung out of the arena and get stuck between uh, the wall and the Lexan. But, you know, for us, that that's not a huge issue. Again, knock on wood. Um the other one is what we call like the, the, the mobility or crab walking rule. So if, you, if you're moving, you're, you're in the fight um, until somebody kind of counts you out. You know, Copperhead in the past has had, you know, uh, the occasional drive snafu uh, with that V8 engine upgrade that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really think that's going to be a problem for us this year. And uh, Copperhead as a whole, you know, we are it's it's full send pretty much every time. Uh, so if that's what it takes to get the W, then we will full send and go for the knockout. Um, other than that, you know, judging criteria changes. Um, my philosophy in, in doing this for 20 years is um, don't let it go to the judges. If you don't want to have any judges controversy or, or unsure about your fate, don't put it in the, you know, in the hands of somebody else. Control your own destiny and 
win by knockout every time. <laughs> Alex's last question, will Cuddles the Snake be back as a mascot? Oh, that's a good one too. Uh, lots of good questions. Uh, Cuddles the Snake, I don't know. We, we'll see. Um, last year, Kim was in charge of Cuddles uh, through my, my pet shop connections there. I was able to find somebody in Las Vegas who had a had an extra big snake. Um, so we were able to, you know, requisition and borrow that snake for the filming. Um, this year, I'm not sure if we'll have a real live cuddles. Um, maybe we'll have something. Uh, Chris might bring his, his pocket snake. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> Highly venomous. Yes, it's dangerous. Spitting cobra, in fact. Yeah. Um, we've, <laughs> <laughs> we've got questions from Deep Six team member Andrew Burgraff, who wants to know, how much of Yahoo is original to how you bought it? Uh, so the backstory on Yahoo is that I did, uh, the original Yahoo was purchased. Um, you know, fun fact about me, even though I've been doing this for a long time, for uh, you know all the aforementioned reasons beforehand, you know Chad does not have a whole lot of free time, um, and not a, a super wide berth of, of CAD skill. I'm very good at modifying CAD and kind of tinkering with it, but I'm not very good at starting from scratch. So, you know, um, I bought the robot as is, and we took it to China. Actually, Luke and I went to China with the original version of the robot. Um, did very well and, uh, it's pretty much 100% changed. Uh, there is nothing on Yahoo now that was on the original robot. So, uh, I have some like plan D backup parts that were the original and the only thing is the drum, but past that it's, it's all new. I'm just, I'm just looking up something. So it's a kind of a, a ship of uh, Theseus thing. Is it Yahoo? Is it actually now Google? Uh, <laughs> no, no. It, it is, is Yahoo standalone, the relevant uh, email server and search engine? Question mark? <laughs> I have another uh, interesting question here from Andrew. Uh, and this ties in, uh, actually I have two, uh, this ties in a little bit with some of your extracurriculars, Chad. Uh, Andrew's first question is what is the biggest pumpkin you've grown? Now we know that you, uh, that you do grow some hefty pumpkins. You've provided us some, some seed and somehow we managed to screw that up. Uh, <laughs> we'll give it another shot next year, but tell us what's the biggest pumpkin that Chad knew has grown. So the biggest one. I've grown is actually the same. So I grew two last year that were 1,676 pounds. Um, both of them? Both of them, the same year. It was, what uh, are the chances of that? Somewhere firmly between slim and none. And in fact, I don't think it has ever been done in the same year ever, you know, since they've been keeping track of these things. So that was pretty uh pretty miraculous actually that's that's like uh you know what we're gonna have to do when we latch on to the lightning roll bolt uh to go back in time um you might have just carved out your own guinness record you know what i i might have to look into that you know like legitimately that uh it could be a thing um 
But with that being said, I have my fingers crossed. So last year I was I was nine pounds away from the state record. Um, hopefully, you know, today's the 26th that we're recording this. Hopefully on October 1st, I might weigh in one that's bigger. Hopefully. We'll see. That's interesting. Last year I was uh I was actually seven pounds away from the state record myself. <laughs> uh in the in the uh what what contest? What event? Um well it, it's a it's a it's an it's a year long contest to see who can eat the most carbs. <laughs> and it ends uh with um you know uh I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh I I am a large person. I get it, okay? <laughs> Chris, it's just more to love and winter's coming. So, you know, it's, it's, it's heat in the winter and shade in the summer, just like me. Yeah, but I don't like it when the neighbors start plugging their stuff into me to warm their homes, too. That's <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> okay. Just eat lots of chili so you can have all the gas you need. <laughs> Andrew's last question here is how much was the most expensive animal that you've sold? Now, for those of you out there. Uh, who just uh, are just tuning in and didn't maybe hear the introduction. Chad uh, uh, does sell illegal uh, rare animals through a, uh, a series of black market channels that he himself has created. So uh, let me let me ask you, Chad, what's the most expensive illegal uh, black market animal that you've <laughs> sold? Uh, yeah, white rhino. That was by far the most difficult one to... I'm just kidding. Uh, we do no no black market dealings at Nature Box Pet Emporium. Um, the most Don't malign his business, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on the up and up. Uh, in fact, we are uh, we are accredited to um, you know supply AZA. So the AZA is the American uh, Zoological Association. We're the only uh, store in Colorado that has been inspected to sweet you. We can actually and do sell to zoos. Um, so with that being said, the most expensive animal is probably, you know, one of my own pets. Uh, his name is Wilbur. He's, a, he's called a fly river turtle. Um, Wilbur is basically a freshwater sea turtle. So he's 100% aquatic. He has flippers. He has a cute pig nose. Um, and those, you know, go from ten dollars to $20,000. I'm looking at a photo of it right now, and you are not joking. Aww. It legitimately has a pig nose. <laughs> <laughs> Their common name is the, the oh pig nose turtle. Oh my god, I love it. They're, they're, super, they're, super, they're super cool. Um, he's super <laughs> personable. You know, we have people at the store wanting to, to see Wilbur. And he's got his own, you know, he's... He's, he's a fit. I highly suggest that people just get out there and start Googling uh, pig nose turtles. Uh, <laughs> every single one is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I love it. They're, they're, they're a lot of fun. He's a, uh, he's great. I'm sure, I'm sure Wilbur had quite the personality. He most definitely does. He's kind of a, he's kind of an a-hole if we're being honest. <laughs> he'll bite you. If you stick your fingers in there, he'll, he will latch on and doesn't want to let go. I know from experience. Oh, all right. I got a, a couple of questions here from Harvester team member Ryan Hunter, who also maintains a very large freshwater aquarium, who has two questions. First, as a pet store owner, what is the coolest exotic animal you've ever owned or sold? That's a toughie. So I've, I've had reptiles just as long, if not longer, than uh, 
I've been doing robots. Um, and it's been, you know, a business of mine for over 15 years. Um, before I had the pet store, I just did chameleons. You know, at any point in time, I would have over 100 to, you know, three or 400 chameleons, depending upon, you know, how the breeding season was going. Um, so I'm a chameleon nerd specifically. Um, and not too long ago, I was able to hold in my hand, uh, it was called a Brachycia minima, which is the world's smallest chameleon. You should Google that. Um, and a Parsons chameleon, one in each hand. So in, in each hand, I had the world's smallest uh, vertebrate and then the world's biggest chameleon. So that was pretty cool to have both of those in my hand at the same time, which are you know, exceedingly rare. As a as an entry level chameleon, um, you know, uh, a, a salesman. What did you do to differentiate differentiate yourself so that you didn't just blend in with the rest of the chameleon uh, salesmen? <laughs> you know, if you stand behind something very bright, that helps. Uh, very bright, uh, multi patterned. That's that's the best thing to do. Really. That's why I stand behind Lindsay. She's very bright and smart. Does that make you smarter though? Well, when, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> All right. I have a series of questions here from Corium. Actually, no, I'm going to jump back to Ryan Hunter. who had one other question. Are you into fish keeping? And if so, what uh, freshwater uh, fish are you into? And are you into freshwater tankscaping? Um, I do. So, you know, even though we're a, you know, a reptile store, we have a pretty extensive freshwater section. Um, I had a store in Vegas called, uh, shoot reptiles and reefs. So I used to do a lot of saltwater. I'm, I'm more, you know, my interests lies in saltwater. Um, but for my store, freshwater is more entry level. It's easier for my staff to take care of than me. Um, and I really am a big fan. Yes, I'm a big fan of, of escaping. Um, the freshwater hobby has really gone through a lot of, uh, of growth the last maybe five or six years. Um, you know, the neocardinia shrimp are becoming very popular, um, escaping all the different stones and rocks. It, it's like a, it's an aquatic terrarium if, if, you know, people are listening and they're not familiar. Um, so, yeah, we have all of those things. Um, plants from mild to wild there it's a lot of fun it's it's uh something that that i really like and you know eventually i will be able to nerd into you know myself but i really try to keep like you know work at work and home at home because uh i just don't have enough hours in the day <laughs> yeah you got to get right into robot and giant pumpkin mode when you when you leave the uh the store i'm i'm, I'm certain Yes, and, and and babysit. Well, you know, helping helping the wife take care of the children and keeping the house clean and all that. Full time job. All right, I have a series of questions here from Corium Nine, who wants to know: compare and contrast the four wheel drive drum spinners like Poison Arrow and Spicy Newt, and Yahoo to the two wheel drive uh, like Copperhead. And which one do you prefer? Personally. I prefer I prefer a four wheel drive robot just for for the drivability aspect of it. Um, you know, you it's all it's all it comes down to your personal preference and your your driving and building style. Um, if you have four wheels, you know you have to make sacrifices as far as weight and space goes. You know, Copperhead is designed to be 
a small tank. And that's, that's, that's the very simplified version of it. I mean, Copperhead is the smallest robot in the field. And if, you know, you saw like a, a, uh, a tombstone or a hypershock next to Copperhead, um, you, you would wonder if it's the same thing, but Copperhead gets away with being, you know, the size of a postage stamp because it has two wheel drive. Um, it's, it's, footprint is as such so that it is actually very stable um and then the design of that too with the with the two-wheel drive is that all of the weight rides on those front forks so it's mm. almost impossible for other people to easily get underneath us because there's 250 pounds worth of robot basically sitting on those front forks so if you have a four-wheel drive robot you have to have uh you know other options for that so it just depends whatever floats your boat, really. I mean, they are, they're both great designs. Um, nothing wrong with them, but uh, unique uh, snowflakes in their own right. Corium 9 goes on to ask, have any of the other members of the family shown any interest in your robotic endeavors? Um, huh. So I took my wife to a robot event probably maybe two months after we started dating. Um, and at that very first robot event, I was Loctiting some stuff. I open up the Loctite. I, I, you know, open up the cap in a big shot of Loctite went right into her eye. Uh, so ever since then, Emily hasn't been overly excited about robots. because uh, <laughs> She almost went blind in the left eye due to Loctite poisoning. <laughs> That's a true story. Uh, thankfully she had contacts in and, uh, she came back and she left shortly thereafter for some reason. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> um, my, my family, like my mom and grandma, like everybody's been supportive of me. Like they, they've traveled with me across the, the country and uh, whatnot when I was much younger going to events. And um, my two-year-old daughter, she, uh, she thinks the fire is interesting. Um, and my four-year-old son I'm really excited. He's going to be coming with us. Technically, Max is a part of Team Copperhead. So uh, he is over the moon excited to see, you know, some of everybody's favorite robots like Kraken and and Mammoth and the, you know, the frog robot, the, the Ribot. So, you know, he's really, really excited to come with us. And uh, we're, we're working on different uh, pushing the ready button kind of moves. I want him to do like an Elvis something or other or. Maybe we hit the ready button with his head or we'll, we'll do something fun, but he's really excited to come with us. Awesome. Jackpot Captain Jeff Waters has two simple questions. The first, pumpkin chucking? <laughs> yes, Jeff, of course. Um, unfortunately, chunking a, you know, 1,500 plus pound pumpkin is near impossible. They do crane drops with the big pumpkins. Um and uh, the pumpkin chunkins are all pretty much ten pounds or under pumpkins, so that's not uh, that's not nearly wild enough for me to grow those. That is, I think you just um, you need to set your sights on a, on a much larger trebuchet. I do. I do have some. You know, my, I live on a few acres, so you know, I could put Wade siege onto the neighbors. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh 1500 pound pumpkin i'm sure could do a little bit of damage 
yeah, coming at you. Heads up. Jeff's uh, second question. Who is your favorite builder you've met at a yard sale? I don't know if that story has ever been told publicly, but Jeff Jeff got into robots because of me. What? Uh, yeah. So, you know, when I used to live in Las Vegas, that's where I'm from originally. I've been in Colorado for seven years. Um, when my grandma was moving, we had a big yard sale and I lived with her growing up. So he came to the yard sale and saw all of my, you know, like all of my robot stuff from yesteryear. And, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty much how Jeff got his start. He saw the robot stuff and, and thought it would be cool. I mean, Jeff is, is extremely talented and smart, uh, for a plumber, that is to say, uh, electrician so there's 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 some backstory there uh jeff is an extremely smart and extremely talented young man so i you know i take zero credit for the many accomplishments he has had but uh i'm i'm proud to say that you know perhaps i you know i kind of uh maybe started that fire a little bit that's so cool i get a question here from jacob marinser who wants to know what's easier robot fighting or pumpkin growing Oh, Jacob's a Jacob's a pumpkin guy. Um, I would say a robot, you know, ro- robot fighting with uh, with pumpkin growing. There is so much, so many unknown variables. It's it's you have to depend on the weather and you know bugs and plant nutrition uptake. You know, because two plants are you know pumpkin plants are just like people. Um, you know, one fertilizer might work great for one pumpkin and that same fertilizer might harm the other plant. Um, so, you know, whereas robots is, it's just, you do your best to design it. And if it, uh, doesn't work or you don't like it, you can fix it and make a change. And then the next version will be that much better. Whereas pumpkins every year, it's a, it's a toss of the coin, whether you're going to get to your goal or, you know, it might be doing 60 pounds a day and then crack because it went too fast i've been adding 60 pounds a day to my robot uh for for november um i'm probably gonna have to curtail that at some point though (laughs) yeah it's uh gonna be a a lightweight (laughs) multi-bot heavyweight yeah it'll be the first heavyweight ever in the 30 pound arena (laughs) I, i think with the generous weight bonuses of norwalk you can you can make that happen somehow all right we'll get together we'll figure it out uh, in that vein of the, the pumpkin growing robot fighting question from Jacob, I have another question here from Jeffrey Schulenberg who wants to know, when will you finally combine pumpkin farming and robot combat? Hey, robotic. Man, I like that idea. And then, you know, on that, within that same thread, yes, I, I am working on doing that. I, you know, one of my, one of my beliefs is that the secret to growing big giant pumpkins is consistency. So I do want to work on, you know, automating my pumpkin grow as much as I can. Um, like any tinkerer, robot builder, you know, whatever, I, I've kind of gotten into the bad habit of changing something, multiple things every year when it comes to growing pumpkins. Um, instead of changing one variable. So, you know, that's going to be probably what I work on most this off season. 
as far as pumpkin goes is, is automating my watering and automating, um, you know, the, the opening and closing of my greenhouse. So, so yes, I will, I will put those forces together and come up with a super pumpkin, hopefully. A thought-provoking question here from Micah Spinelli, who wants to know, why is balsa wood the best material for a weapon? So so our fellow teammate, Micah, again, so Micah is probably one of the most relaxed, uh, just, just most awesome, genuine, nice people on the planet. And the irony there is, is that his 30-pound robot is, it's a uh, devil. And it's just bad. It's bad news, no matter which way you look at it. It's impossible to kill. It keeps on running. And it uses like a 25-year-old weapon motor, that an EV warrior, that he's customized to where it's, you know, it's not quite an EV warrior anymore. Um, so the joke there is that I said the only way that we're going to be able to beat Beam is that if he makes a weapon bar out of balsa wood. So... Personally, I think balsa would be a phenomenal weapon choice for Beam, but uh, other people might disagree. <laughs> I see. It's a little uh, uh, competition, uh, undermining the competition. Exactly. I, I just, he just needs to try it once. You never know. <laughs> All right. I am going to take over for Chris here and uh, come in with some questions from Triton team member Shay Waffles Johns, who has some very good questions. Uh, first of all, where did Wazio come from? Ah, uh, Miss Waffles is the best. She's so nice. She's just uh, the greatest. I have to second that. She she is. Everybody's great. You know, all of us robot people are a bunch of unique snowflakes. We're we're uh, we're special. Few but she buds is in the bunch. <laughs> Um, so Wazio, <laughs> nobody really knows what Wazio means. My uncle gave me that nickname, um, after we were going, you know, we used to growing up living in Las Vegas, we would go to the sand dunes a lot. Um, and me being, you know, a little fearless at times, I would crash a lot. So he, he always said that I would do a Wazio, um, the interpretation, my own personal interpretation to my nickname of 30 years is basically it means dumbass, but <laughs> dumbass in like an endearing way. That's cute. I love that. Um, all right. Her next question is, what's your favorite kind of bot to watch, to build or maintain, and to fight if all three of those are different? So... Like I, I fancy myself a, a flipper guy. You know, I've I've had many a flipper robot, and and I think that a flipper robot is is a unique challenge to you know one to make it to make it competitive. You have to drive it, you know, really spot on. Um, it's it's not you know I'll say air quotes easy like a like a spinner robot like let's say Tombstone, where you know it's a big bar. It spins up and, and, you know, you have to go to the middle and spin around in a circle and eventually somebody's going to hit you. It's, it's a lot more, a lot more complicated like that. So, uh, like Hydra's phenomenal, you know, growing up watching battle bots, like your T minus and your Bronco, your Matador. Now you have your Hydra, um, and all the other awesome flippers that are out there. Banshee, David Small's Banshee that's in this year. Um, flippers are, are my personal favorite. 
but with that being said, you know, running Yahoo and other spinner robots, there, there's just something that's uh, deep down. It's fun to, you know, let the other guy have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, man. Okay. I like, I like all those answers. Um, any thoughts on how bots are designed and iterated now or how different a builder's uh, quote unquote fleet might have been when you started out compared to the number of bots across weight classes you see builders bringing to competitions now. So I guess really just reflect on your, on your decades of experience here and, and how have things changed? Well, listen, Lindsay, back in my day, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty you much how that uphill both ways to the competition. That's right. We didn't have no live poly batteries, you know, fanciness. Um, but seriously, like you know, there was no, there was no lithium polymer batteries. Uh, there was no such thing as is brush. Well, I mean, it was a thing, but not obtainable to the common person. You know, like you couldn't, you didn't have a brushless motor you know you had brushed motors and you had nicad or nickel metal hydride batteries people were even still using sla batteries you know drive for small robots was like plastic gear toys or or uh you know a toy that you kind of glued um titanium to as an armor uh now you know kids these days with their 3D printers and their, you know, fancy cars on my lawn and all that stuff. Um, it's, it's, it's night and day, you know, there, there's, there's robots like, I think Tantrum would be a good example of this. Like Tantrum, what, three years ago was, was, and I say this, you know, tongue in cheek was like a joke robot. And in what, was it three years? They went from, you know, a joke robot to winning. So, you know, that robot, improved leaps and bounds and then last year when they brought blips speaking of awesome flipper robots i mean you know that thing is so complicated that that parts of my brain dribble out my ear every time i think about it um and and i think beetles you know the beetles and norwalk you know the the platform that norwalk has given um insect builders is 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 just phenomenal you know they can they have a home and somewhere to go every few months where they can make those incremental changes they can make one small tweak and say yes it works or no it doesn't and there there's a carrot being dangled for them to you know attempt those changes and, and maybe you know a, a prize at the end of the tunnel so you know now versus then it's 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 awesome to see where we have gone. You know, like I think I told you guys when last year, I, I really believe we're like in the third great age of, of robotness. Um, and it's, it's really awesome to see where things are. Um, and, I, you know, for me personally, it also sucks because everybody's so smart now. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, how do I, how do I keep up? <laughs> I know it, it is really crazy. And, and I have to imagine like, you know, the longer that Norwalk goes on, or even if, you know, BattleBots brings out this live show where, you know, heavies are able to fight much more often, like, it's just gonna, it's just gonna thrust, I think the entire sport and the technology that much more forward. Um, so it's just, it's really interesting to think that like, you know, where we are now compared to maybe a decade ago, like what will be a decade from now? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, when, when brushless and, and live poly batteries first came out, like, you know, the a battery that is, or a motor that is like $10 now back 10 years ago was, was a hundred dollars. Um, and that that top tier stuff was was simply unaffordable. Yeah. But then the the flip side to that too, Lynn, that we have to you know you have to acknowledge is that with uh, with great power comes great response. No, I'm just kidding with that. But <laughs> it uh, then there there's there's some people that that make it you know is 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 the word uncompetitive or or you can't keep up, right? Like, you know, me, somebody like me with our V8 engine and flux capacitors can't keep up with a blip because they're so smart and they have so many resources um, that it's just, you know, it's like bringing a knife to a gunfight. You know, is that, is that a direction that you want to go? I mean, you know, yeah, I don't care, but it's just something that, uh, that makes you wonder when you're thinking about it and having a conversation. Well, I, I know. I'd like to think that there's always going to be room for the knives and the guns. <laughs> I don't like phrasing right. it like that now that I think about it. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, and, and that's part of the fun, though, too, because there's always that underdog robot, you know, that, that rusty, per, per, we'll say, or, or, you know, maybe even mammoth. Let's use mammoth and copperhead. That uh, that by all by all means, you know, Copperhead, what was it, two seasons ago, should have annihilated Mammoth, but Copperhead had some problems, and and uh, Mammoth was on their A game, and they did they did a great job, and Copperhead didn't, and and Mammoth won, and I think that's that's a fun part of the story. So I, you know, as 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 things go on, that's that's just a part of our story as a, as a community that you know, that a kid, uh, like that, to, who's the young kid that won last Norwalk in September? Um, well, uh, Lars, Lars Elliott, who is a Lars. second technically, but close enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Second. So, so like, you know, there's the Larses that can go against all of those, you know, hardened beetle competitors and, uh, not that he isn't, but you know, he's a young kid with the support of his extremely enthusiastic parents that can be right there on the precipice of winning and, you know, with a fraction of the resources as other people. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, I really love seeing that. Yeah. I mean, I, Lars was probably my favorite story that came out of um, September. I mean, he showed up to a bunch of Norwalks by now, but to see him go all the way to, you know, the, the last match was just incredible. So I, yeah, I, I'd like to think that there's always going to be room for that. And I think that that's true. Um, all right, Shay's final question for you. What is your favorite flavor of glitter? Um, man, anything carb free. I'm on a I'm on a pre-TV BattleBots diet. <laughs> You're doing a great job with that diet, by the way, Chad. I, I've lost uh I've lost 20, 25 pounds or so. So yeah. Heck yeah. Uh yeah. Um let's see here. My favorite Oh, right now it would have to be like bread or pasta flavored glitter. <laughs> garlic, garlic bread, that's it. I want a garlic bread flavored glitter, please. Ooh, okay. All right. I, that, it's Vegas. There's glitter in all kinds of places. I'm sure they can make that happen for you. <laughs> 
Oh my. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Serial killer builder and instant Norwalk Havoc celebrity, Kokoto Maine. Way to go, Kokoto, by the way. Writes, uh, congratulations on the championship win. What are some of your favorite fights you've been a part of, whether it's Yahoo, Copperhead, or any other bots you've been associated with? That is that is such a hard question. I, I barely remember my children's birthday for Pete's sake. <laughs> um, by the way, Serial Killer was awesome. And that's, you know, what we were talking about a second ago. You know, that robot is so cool. It's, it's made for fun. And like seeing his robot with a bunch of taped together, you know, sugary goodness boxes made me like I want to build like a Pepsi killer robot or something some just something fun so uh you know great hats off to him and, and going down in a uh, a literally blaze of glory <laughs> uh, <laughs> love your robot i am a big fan um man going back you know some of my robo games fights uh with with my lightweight flipper robot that was uh that was a that was a lot of fun. One of my favorite fights from that era, dialing up the old memory banks, um, would be Adam Adam Wrigley from Shatter and his brother. Uh, he had a lightweight multibot that uh, that I shot to the roof with uh, with rocket. <laughs> um, that that was a lot of fun. Um, David Lau, you know him and I had a really good fight with his uh, with his robot back in the day. His lightweights. Um, you know, Yahoo has had some pretty spectacular fights. Uh, the emulsifier fight last year, um, was a good one with Boris, uh, yeah. Marathon, you, you know, the, the, the announcers missed that when Marathon and Yahoo hit, Yahoo actually hit the ceiling of the arena. Um, and somehow we won that fight, but, uh, you know, there's, there, there's just so many, each, each one's a, is a lot of fun and its own unique challenge. Um, yeah, there's, there's so many, there's so many good ones. <laughs> yeah. I imagine like when you think back in your memory, they're probably all like just a flash. It, it really is. And I've had, I've had fairy weight, 150 gram robots, ant weights, beetles, 12s, 30, 60. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to 250. It's, it's hard to pick, uh, you know, just one. Oh, I will say in China. So in China, when, when Luke and I went there, um, we have a full Pete and I. So, so there's a full body spinner that was originally given to me from John from Megabyte or Gigabyte or, or whatever it's BattleBot uh, current name is. He gave me a 30 pound version of Megabyte. Pete and I reworked it. Luke and I took it to China. Um, the robot had a, a pretty substantial hit. And went between the arena and the wall. Um, at the time, I thought that the robot was stuck between the gap of the wall and the arena. And after we were counted out, I decided to drive just for funsies. And come to find out that the robot had actually magneted itself to <gasps> the side of the arena. So if I had had the wherewithal or just the the brains to drive i could have driven you know at a 90 degree angle and still been in the fight because <laughs> i was just magneted to the side oops that's wild 
That's cool. Um, and it's actually a, a very good segue um, to Copperhead Captain Luke Quintal, who has some questions himself about your experience in China. Um, so he says, how was it competing in China? And I'm going to add, do you have any stories to share from your uh, time over there? I have lots of stories uh, from China. China was, was a great time. And, and I have to brag on Luke for a second. Luke, Luke is like, Luke's been doing robots for, uh, man, probably longer than 15 years. But the coolest thing about Luke is that Luke is continuously learning and bettering himself. Whereas, like I said, that I struggle with CAD. Luke makes all sorts of just awesome and wacky and fun and frequently very effective robots. Like he continues to learn and, and raises his skill set to, to very impressive levels. Um, and Luke's just a, an all around awesome guy. So, you know, I was, I was super excited to go to uh, China with Luke. There was times where I think we wanted to murder one another, uh, but you know, that <laughs> happened to every couple. Um, China, China was awesome. Uh, Luke was in charge of Yahoo. I was in charge of uh, 60 Seconds of Glory, the, the full body spinner. Um, so I think Luke got fifth-ish with uh, Yahoo. And I got, you know, something 60 Seconds of Glory is aptly named because if we don't win in 60 seconds, something bad's going to happen and uh, we're out. <laughs> um, fun stories from China. We went with Alex Satori of uh, Uppercut fame and Jack and his dad from Endgame. Uh, Jack and his dad were, were phenomenal people. We were at, uh, we went to a, a club in Shanghai and we may have had one too many uh, Kool-Aids and, uh, <laughs> you know, where we're bouncing around like nobody cared at the very front of the club. That was phenomenal. Uh, in walking around, I think Brad mentioned it, you know, just just with the, with the local Chinese people, like, pushing their children in front of us and taking pictures and like, you know, just being like, Oh my gosh, you know, there's, there's some tall white guys here. Um, was pretty fun. Uh, Luke, I have a lot of good stories with Luke that uh, revolve around, um, you know, opaque glass and hotel rooms and, uh, Oh boy. And, uh, you know, air conditioning and Luke himself is the main magnum man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ask luke about that whoever's listening about to this have luke tell you about his magnum story uh maybe you can get luke on at some point in time and <laughs> he can tell the story of how he became the magnum man <laughs> yeah we'll put him on the spot that's right <laughs> uh awesome he had a, a couple other questions but they have since been answered so luke i'm sorry uh someone got there first oh uh, all right. So insect weight builder, Andrew Freitag writes, so you've seen combat for a pretty fair amount of time by now, built a good amount of robots. Is there a concept that you haven't been able to fully realize yet that you'd still want to do? And if there are several, what's your number one that you just have to get to? Oh, uh, that's, a, that's a good one. Um, Luke, this is funny. Luke, Luke would be a good person to ask this because he has the creativity and the, and the skill to like come up with just the wackiest things and actually make it work. Um, whereas Luke is a Ferrari, I'm more like a steam engine. Uh, 
my brain, my brain works in the simplest ways possible. <laughs> uh, so I don't have any overly outlandish um, things that I want to make, you know, but I do. And I have, I have, it's in the works. I really want to make a full pressure combat flipper that's 45 pounds. So it'll be a shuffling flipper that, you know, hopefully could, could stand up to your Yahoo, your Megatron, um, et cetera, et cetera, in the, in the full combat and be, uh, be competitive. So that's, that's my, that's my hopefully winter project to start working on that ish. Cool. Uh, yeah. I hope that we see that at Havoc next year. You know, or, or even like I did and even past that, like a growing up, like biohazard was one of my favorite heavyweight robots. And with all the, all the chit chatter of more frequent heavyweight events, now that we're in the third grade age of robots with, uh, BattleBots and the BattleBots show, question mark, RoboGames, uh, the Florida event. Like, you know, could I could I build a heavyweight version of Biohazard, like a like a modern tank slow to the ground that would be both entertaining and effective, or would it, you know, be kind of boring? I, I don't know. You know, that uh I think that would fulfill a childhood goal of of uh you know building a real air quotes battle bot robot. We'll see. I think you should try. You, know, you need to tell that to my wife. <laughs> Just no Loctite. Yeah, no, she she's she's got a you know a a, a phobia of blue Loctite now. I can't say that I blame her. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> all right, so Alex from Northeastern University's Combat Robotics Club, Go Huskies, by the way, woo, um, has a good question. How will your success with Yahoo affect your work on Copperhead this season? So, you know, I, unfortunately, like I have not, I have not pulled a lot of weight when it comes to the upgrades of Copperhead. Um, you know, most of the work happens on the weekends and Luke's been taking some of it home. Um, and for the last like eight weeks, I've been, I've been booked every, every weekend. Like, uh, this coming weekend uh, is the last weekend to sh- work on the robots before we have to ship them. Saturday, I have a pumpkin way off that I have to go to. And Sunday is my son's fourth birthday party. So Aww. I haven't done a whole heck of a lot. Um, but, you know, where I have been slacking, you know, you and Chris, uh, Pete, Luke, Alex, Jonathan, Micah, they everybody has been picking up my slack. Um, and, and Copperhead, uh, Copperhead does have some legitimate upgrades, uh, in the, under the hood, we'll say. Um, and those I think will be very, very effective. I can't wait. All right. So a friend of the pod, Tom Farkas, who runs first drink of the day wants to know, uh, well, first, he had a question about what was the largest pumpkin you've ever grown. We've, we've covered that. But is there a point where if they get any bigger, you can't move them or they crush themselves under their own weight? That's a good question. I met, uh, I met Tom at this last uh, at this last Norwalk, and he was a super nice guy, very, uh, very enthusiastic and, and uh, you know, showed me his robot and that's that's a fun robot i think that's another example of like we were talking about you know a fun concept that 
you know, I believe he did very well at his first showing and he did nothing to thumb his nose at this last go around too. So, uh, you know, hats off to him for building a really cool, uh, non-stereotypical, you know, vertical egg beater. <laughs> um, but yeah. uh, the biggest pumpkin, so there was a pumpkin this year in England that was close to 3,000 pounds. Um, oh. The current world record is 2,700-ish pounds. Um, so, you know, I, I, the answer to that question is we don't know, you know. Uh, Maybe at some point, but you know, as as the genetics get better, and like these guys in England, they they're like professional. They supply Europe with all their poinsettias, so they have like a multi million dollar greenhouse and computers that control their fertilizing and this, that, and the everything. They're like the blip of the pumpkin world. Um, so you know, I th I do think three thousand pounds is you know. Uh, not too far off. Um, but will they collapse underneath their own weight? I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Pumpkins do crack. You know, they grow so fast. And depending upon their shape, um, they can crack because they're growing too fast. So it, it's a yes and no. But that same pumpkin, if it was like a, a giant blob on the ground, you know, there's no cavity in the middle for it to fall into. So yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So here's uh, some actually very interesting questions that Tom has for Copperhead. Um, Copperhead is obviously very, very small. How much empty space is inside or is there any at all? Copperhead may be small, but what it, what it makes up for in lack of size is power and ferocity. Um, so good things come in small packages. That's what my wife tells me anyway. Um, so don't judge the measure of the robot <laughs> by its size. Um, but to answer the question in a serious note, there is basically no empty space inside of Copperhead. That is a, that's a, that's a great philosophy to live by. You know, if you're, if you're not overly concerned about the, uh, the, uh, Jamesons of the world who use that, you know, extra nasty, uh, overhead saw hammer, hammer saw, um, then you can get away with uh, no space. You know, we have plans in place for Jameson. <laughs> uh, so, you know, yeah, Copperhead is, is filled to the gills. Our, our padding is uh, wires and, uh, you know, we throw in some, uh, some tape for good measure. But other than that, it is optimized just about as much as you can get it. I love it. Um, so he has a follow-up question. It seems like it would be very tricky to work on it like that. What are some pros and cons of it being so compact? Hmm. I don't, I don't think there's a ton of cons. Um, you know, because Copperhead is so small, you know, that's, that's the secret to its success. You know, Copperhead is one of the most underrated yet successful robots that there is i mean you know we're top 10 just about every i think i think every year right i want to say every year for since copperhead has been it's been a top 10 robot but it doesn't get a lot of the the shine i think because it's not uh it's not super flamboyant and flashy like like will and, and his wife they're amazing and you know the witch doctors that have the sweet outfits and the cool anodizing and they're awesome um you know we're just kind of low-key badass uh, hopefully you, 
will help us step up our, our awesome game. Uh, wait till you see the announcement for our team jerseys. They're going to be super cool. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the genius behind it is that it is so simple. You know, Copperhead is held together with basically, you know, six big bolts. So when it comes time to maintenance it, it's, it's so easy. Whereas Yahoo, yeah, you know, I'm looking at a cat of it right now. Yahoo, a 30-pound robot has probably 75 or 80 fasteners in it. You know, Copperhead has a dozen. So it's it's so nice because it's just easy to work on. If something breaks, we can just pop off a few bolts, slide the replacement piece back on, and we're ready to rock and roll. It's uh, it's it's optimized. We'll say. Um, I will. Uh, I'll just build on what you were saying about Copperhead being not not necessarily like an underrated bot, but I think it does maybe fly under the radar just a little bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're here to, uh, you know, change that this season. So watch out. And that's what, you know, that's what a, that's what a good snake does. It's just kind of laying in the grass. And when you walk over like, there it is. (laughs) Exactly. Then you got to suck out the poison. I think, uh, when we go through the tunnel, uh, you know, before each match, we should just go, yeah, yeah, maybe a kick or something. I've been watching the, uh, the the dodgeball where the where they come out and they're doing like the you know the purple cobra snake dance. I think we need to get a we need a smoke machine. We need uh, you know a dozen or so maybe live snakes, a Chinese dragon like Chris suggested, uh, a reptilian flailing inflatable two bar man. Um, we're, we're, <laughs> all of it. We want it all. <laughs> yeah, more is more. I think Luke, uh, we need to train Luke to like actually do a human slither so he can come out like slithering like a real snake with the sock puppet on his hand. We have, we have so many ideas. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the sock puppet uh, uh, idea. So uh, yeah. The, that, I, that told, I told Luke that he should do it and everybody should comment or, you know, give some feedback on this thought. So Luke can see the genius of this idea. I think Luke should do all of the interviews, all of the pre-match stuff, all of the post-match stuff through the sock puppet. He yeah. should like put his head out of frame and just talk with the snake sock puppet. I think that would be hilarious. I know that Luke really, uh, Luke uh, Stangle, um, our co-host, you may know him. <laughs> um, he really wants to go to Norwalk and for the announcers to do a sock puppet announcing like during the weird time of the night. So um, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see how it goes with Copperhead first. Genius. Genius. Love it. Uh, all right. Alex from Northeastern has another question. Uh, the only logical follow-up is there are there pumpkins big enough to be Copperhead's armor? And I think they're too big, if I had to guess. Oh, man. So, like, for size for size reference, uh, I mean, the answer is yes. It would be a shell of, of pumpkin goodness. Uh, you know, think about, you know, my pumpkins, which are small in the world of pumpkins, where 2,500 pounds is not out of the question. You know, mine are 1,600, 1,700. Um you know, that will not fit in the bed of my full size truck. You know, I have to, I have to haul it on a trailer. So, and at, at points of the pumpkin, pumpkin walls can be like 18 inches thick. So 
uh, and I can fit inside. I'm a, I'm six one, two hundred and twenty plus pounds. Uh, I can fit inside of a pumpkin. So yes, we could have giant pumpkin armor. I, I don't think that the cleanup crew would appreciate that though. Could you imagine like, you know, tombstone versus a pumpkin covered copperhead? There'd be pumpkin bits everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it might fly at Norwalk. I don't know. I like it. I like where this is going. <laughs> All right, Triton team member Andrew Russell has some good questions. Um, one we've already covered, uh, so we'll skip that. But he wants to know, what does it mean to get stuffed? <laughs> get stuffed. It's uh, a good question, Andrew. I've known Andrew, Andrew since he was a kid. Um, get stuffed was a, a beetle robot that I that I built. It was made out of a, like a frying pan. Uh, with a big undercutting blade. It was pretty awesome. You know, back in the day, that was cutting-edge technology. Uh, so Get Stuffed, and then the, the, the name kind of came from a, a guy who was kind of annoying, and I uh, I told him to Get Stuffed back on the dial-up Delphi forum. Um, so it was kind of an homage to that butthead that uh, <laughs> we didn't get along with very well. One of the very few people in the robot world that would not have been invited over for a barbecue. What a jerk. I know it. Uh, Andrew uh, finishes off by saying, keep being awesome. Andrew, Andrew is, Andrew is awesome. And he will always keep being awesome. If like Andrew is just like Micah. He's one of those genuinely nice people uh, who, who has been doing this probably just as long as I have, like literally a kid, like like elementary school um, has, has, has been doing it for a long time. Just a genuinely nice person. If you need help, he would be like the first one to step up and say, what do you need? Um, awesome guy. Awesome guy. Can confirm. Really, really nice dude. Um, all right. So we have two last people with questions here, but each of them have a couple. So, uh, Crotily Day, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, uh, it's their username, um, has some very, uh, let's say specific niche questions that I think came out of, I, I think that we talked about this on the stream, uh, over at Norwalk. I don't, I don't, maybe it was in the podcast last week. Anyway, what is the most important thing that every person should know about fly pupa. <laughs> that was on the stream. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the most important thing is, is with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> you know, don't, uh, don't use them to prank people too frequently. Like I'm sitting in my office at my store and, and in front of me are literally probably a million cups of flies. So this is a good, this is a well-timed question. Um, they make great reptile food. They make good fish food. They make great, uh, great pranks on people. If you order pupa, put them in their house, you know, two or three days later, there'll be flies everywhere. But, uh, you know, use them, use them wisely is the number one advice for pupa. And if you need a pupa dealer, Chad is your man. I can, I can, I can facilitate the acquisition of fly pupa. Yes, he's got a he's got a pupa pupa guy. <laughs> <laughs> pupa guy. 
I don't like it. <laughs> um. All right. So on that note, are there any lessons that we as humans can learn from pupa of any kind? Wow, Kratzily Day, you you really have the hard hitting questions, yeah, and I like that it. Is, uh... That is a question I never thought I'd have to answer in life. Um, here we are. But here we are. Man, make the best out of a poopy situation, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, flies live off of beep. And, uh, you know, they spring forth from a big pile of beep. And uh, they make the best of it. So there you go. If life gives you a pile of beep, just make the best of it. You somehow turned that question into a real life lesson. So way to go. That's that's some of the, the, the fatherly uh fatherly instincts kicking in there. <laughs> All right. Uh the last question uh from them is do you plan on or have you ever used a giant pumpkin to test the effectiveness of a combat robot weapon? I love this question. I ha- you know, I have, and it's it's just messy. Uh, that's that's why <laughs> That's why I don't really do it again because uh, pumpkin goo gets all over everything and it's not fun to clean up. All right. So let's close out this week's interview with a series of deeply philosophical questions from BattleBot superfan Mary Catherine Carr, who we hear has joined an as yet unnamed BattleBots team herself this season. Uh, So she writes, how many copperheads could fit inside your biggest pumpkin? Ooh, some spatial reasoning here. I know which team she's going to be on. American, I'm a fan of her, so I uh, I think maybe as a team we should maybe go. I think she likes Hawaiian food. Ooh, and, um, yes. Hawaiian restaurant that I was telling her about. I think we all should go to uh, this Hawaiian restaurant uh, and have a great time. There's going to be a lot of eating going on, I, I have a feeling. That's why I'm going on the. It's not. It's not for anything. You know. It's not to look better on TV. It's just so I can eat more while we're in Vegas and come back the way that I came. <laughs> um, but uh, probably. Oh, we're gonna go with eight copperheads. Oh, I would have thought it'd be more. There's not a lot of inside. You know, the the, oh, the inside small because those walls are you know, 12 to 18 inches thick. Dang. That's crazy. Um, all right. Is Yahoo named after the chocolate milk or the internet entity? Chris said it correctly. It is Yahoo. Nice throwback. How many golden dumpsters do you need to trade for a giant pumpkin or vice versa? Hmm. Well, let's see between Pete and I, we have two golden dumpsters now. Um, I would say probably four golden dumpsters and uh, I don't know. What's, what do you call the final one? Is it the, the bronze dumpster? It is. Dumpster? It's like the giant golden dumpster. I think it's larger or no, the golden bread. I think you get a golden okay. bread. So let's see. I would trade, I would trade a pumpkin for four golden dumpsters or one golden bread. Or like the the prize winnings that come <laughs> with yeah, one of those. Or be- better yet, let's do it this way. I just want I want an easy bracket. I want to earn our own dumpsters, but I want like you know the most cakewalk robots uh, possible that are in the finals, which is basically none. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, two last questions here. Giant pumpkin themed bot when? I have actually gotten permission from Ray Billings, who has a robot, you know, I think it was a heavyweight or middleweight called the Giant Pump or the Great Pumpkin. He said, if I ever want to build one, I can use that name. He gave me his blessing. Nice. So it will come at some point. I think that would be a phenomenal Norwalk robot with copious amounts of fire. Um, perhaps a, perhaps a multi-bot question mark. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Thing, things may be, wheels may be in motion for that. Very exciting. Okay. One last question here. Another theoretical one. How many pumpkin spice lattes could one giant pumpkin make? Ooh. The savage harvesting of all of the pumpkin spice from pumpkins across the world has really resulted in a, you know, a pumpkin spice shortage. Um, the giant pumpkin growers are aiming to rectify that. So one 2000 pound pumpkin, uh, you know, we can, we can supply at least three Starbucks. It's, it's like the spice in doom, you know, it's, it's what everybody's. Yeah. And we have it. Um, the, the robots, the robot sandworms will protect our spice. Um, and it's ours to give away as we will. And I'm going on a deep tangent here and I don't know where I was going with it. So we're going to say 50 pounds of spice are held within a 1500 pound pumpkin. So roughly one third. <laughs> you're really, uh, you're doing your part to keep a contingency of the, of, I think it's a United States phenomenon uh, running. So, uh, yeah, I mean, thank, thanks for all that you do to make sure that all the people out there get the pumpkin spice that they, you know, that they require. That's right. All the, all the, all of those, you know, mid twenty, you know, we'll say under thirty Caucasian females with their <laughs> with their Taylor Swift cardigans. You know, they, we got to help them get their fix. Otherwise, you know, my wife fits into that category. If she don't have her pumpkin spice, you know, it is just not a fun woman to be around. So. We're doing yes. the world a service here. You don't want to make that demographic angry. No, definitely no. not. No, <laughs> nobody Chad, wants that. <laughs> thank you so much for talking with us. Um, it has been such a blast having you on the show. Um, and you know, we just can't wait to see what uh, is going to be going on this season. I can't. I, I I'm speechless. I'm still speechless that we're going to be on Copperhead. Um, thank you so much for, you know, you and the team for giving us this opportunity. Uh, holy crap. What a just dream come true. And especially, you know, this is like dating back decades and decades for Chris and, oh man, we're so excited. And, uh, we can't wait to see Copperhead in the battle box again soon. Well, thank you guys for the opportunity. Um, you know, it, it's, it's mutual, you know, the rest of us are, are looking forward to having you on board. Um, you know, thank you guys for, for, you know, putting out a very entertaining podcast and, uh, will my check or where my, will my appearance fee be check or, or wire transfer? Um, it, uh, we'll, we'll be sure to pay you, uh, at it a... comes in pupa. How many you want? <laughs> uh, I'm all full up on pupa. We'll, uh, we'll work something out in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds like a, that sounds like a good plan. Yes. After the break, we'll return with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. Welcome back from the break. 
time for robots around the world. Now, uh, if you notice that my tone has changed a little bit, it's because uh, what I'm about to share with you is a little disturbing. Um, and uh, it might veer into the not safe for work territory. So I'm just going to give you that, uh, that heads up here. All right. So this week, buckle in. We're traveling to Elon Musk's reality distortion bubble, where roboticists at Tesla will unveil their latest advances in humanoid robots later this week. On Friday, Tesla will show off its work on Optimus, the company's new human-shaped robot that Elon Musk believes will someday make more money than the company's line of electric cars. In earlier interviews, Musk said Optimus could one day work in auto factories or inside homes. Yes, that means cooking, cleaning, and maybe even becoming romantic companions for their owners. So there is that. We're just laying it out, telling you what the future is going to hold. Um... Humanoid robots, uh, very, very smooth <laughs> humanoid robots that will go to work for you, work in the factories, you send them on home, and then, you know, you do what you do with them uh, when they get back. And that's that's uh, where we're at these days. My robot works from 5 to 9. That's 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. And then comes home and makes me dinner. It works at 5 <laughs> What are your thoughts? Because I have a lot. The first thing that comes to my mind when I see this totally smooth, featureless robot is I need this thing as a romantic companion. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch, we've been married two months, Chris. (laughs) You have too many features, Lindsay. I want. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I want. I want a silver, smooth robot that looks like a uh, a compositing stand-in on the set of the Star Wars movie. <laughs> You okay over there? Our dog knocked over something. Okay. (laughs) I thought it was a robot. (laughs) Oh, wait. It's my love bot. (laughs) I call him Beige. Uh, So what's the... Hold on. What's the brand name of these robots again? Uh, I believe that this is called Optimus. Right. So Optimus like Transformers. Yeah. Oh, Transformers. Also, like I start off as like, an auto worker, and then yeah, just like my- op- it, Optimus Prime. Right. So, like, yeah, just my my whole like front just opens up when I get home. It's like a kimono or whatever, and I just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out comes Kyle. Instead of uh, robots in disguise, it's like robots with thick thighs. Oh. oh <laughs> Here's the thing, all right? There, like, I'm, I'm assuming there's not going to be some kind of law, uh, you know, against this, and uh, you'll be able to own multiple Optimi, you know. So, you know, you could have like ten of them, and uh, you know, you're sending half of them off to work in the auto factory, you know, sending 
half of them, uh, half of the half of the half out to uh, go outside and you know cut your grass. And the f- poor unlucky ones at the the end, they've <laughs> they've got a working time house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, awesome. So awful. you're describing uh, chattel slavery. That's uh, <laughs> great. That sounds like it ends well every time. Um, there's never any issues that come from that. There's never uprisings or wars that happen because of it. I mean, I, I just, I don't, don't, I don't see that happening. These here, here's the thing. I do not believe that we have a humanoid robot, like at at any point coming in the next five years, you know, I think that this is a hundred percent, just like a gimmick from Elon Musk. Um, just to kind of continue. Elon Musk told me that I will have an optimist driving a Cybertruck in my driveway in three months. Are you telling me that he's a liar, Luke? <laughs> yeah, we're just going to just keep postponing, postponing, postponing. You know, like, I, I think like the challenge, like, I, I think there's like this, this huge just belief in uh, technology that like, there is some secret group that is working on some secret robot that no one's ever seen. And it's going to be 800 times better than what we have right now. Like, legitimately, the cutting edge of robotics looks like a weird alien dog, you know what I mean, that walks around. And the best it can do is to tell you to please wear a mask or something, you know what I mean? Like, uh, there's no way that we're going to be having humanoid cooks and chefs and people, you know, working alongside these robots and relying on them and then going home and, I don't know, uh, just doing whatever they do with them, you know, at home. Um, Anytime soon, you know, like this is very far in the future. I think it's in our lifetime. I think it's not even that far in our lifetime, relatively speaking. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, I mean, listen, this is great. Again, we are, we are reporting on the things that we are going to be enjoying later in life. Like, I guess when I'm 80, I can have like a little smooth robot, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, to uh, keep me, uh, keep me warm at night, you know? imagine the first uh the first person that's there working at like the tesla genius bar for like when people have to bring in <laughs> their gross, sticky optimist to be like i don't know what's wrong with it <laughs> i don't know what's wrong with it i something must have got on it <laughs> about it for us today we'll be back in your feed next wednesday with another mystery guest uh we want to give a huge shout out to nicole for editing this really bizarre uh week's episode thank you so much nicole and uh we'll see you all next week with ice wave captain mark devitz we'll see you then folks bye 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 everybody there once was a bot who's from the sea the name of the bot was the kraken of teeth the lights went up the Two weeks from shore, when out did come her metal jaw, the captain called all hands and swore he'd take that spinner in tow. <gasps> Soon-